Florida's capital city. This is the Jeff Cameron Show, brought to you by Orange Theory Fitness on Real Talk 93.3. Now, stop what you're doing and listen closely. It's time for the Jeff Cameron Show in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Right here on 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. Happy Livations Friday. Hope you're well. This is Jeff. That is Tom. There is Director Matthew. Lucy Goosey edition of the program today. I was hoping by going with the full throttled good afternoon and welcome, I would shake up some of the remnants of phlegm that I've been fighting. That's fun, right? That's a good way to start the show. Loosen it up. Been fighting it. Been fighting it this week. It's been that kind of a week. I know for most of you, that's allergies. For me, it's just been plain old sickness. But I'm all right. We're good, and it's good to be back, and I appreciate you joining us on a Libations Friday. Feeling feeling better today. Feeling better. That's what, like, 12 hours of sleep will do. I did, uh, I, quite literally, I think I told you, Tom, that I went to bed at 7 p.m. last night, and I did. It looked like you needed it. Uh, oh, I was yeah. hurting up. Yeah. Tom and I were out of town together, and... When I took off, I think you could tell I was I was done, buddy. I thought your cheeks were going to pop. You could just see the pressure in your oh. face. And, and if somebody knows about pressure in the face due to some sort of malady, well, that's me, buddy. So I see it. I know it. Yeah. You need to get the rest. And what's interesting is talking to you 10 minutes ago before the show started, at conversational levels, your your voice sounds completely normal. You've recovered. But at broadcast levels, yeah. that's yeah. not where we're a little bit. I'm We're getting not there. close. I'm getting there. I mean, it's almost there. It's almost back. It's just a little nasally still, and it's got some, it's got some raw to it. You know, Life Spectator says you, you're the trolley. You've been on the trolley too much. <laughs> too much secondhand smoke. Uh, smoke them if you got them. Well, that's really good. Mm. We should do a lot of cuts for the NIT trolley mm, for the NIT. Today. Yeah. Ding ding. Uh, but it was, you know, it's all right. We're back. It's good to be back. And I missed being here. I actually didn't necessarily want to take the days, but you know, I mean, we get sick. The difference is that when I get sick and this starts to happen like this, I really worry about losing my voice is what I really worry about. I was that, that kind of happened like off and on over the last 48 hours. I'm sure. My wife was pleased. I couldn't talk, but I mean, I, yeah, it's, it's sort of a, the kids would ask me something. I'd not tea. You know, I'm not a big tea guy. Drank plenty of tea here lately, and I'm, I don't even care about tea. I'm a coffee guy through and through, but I've been drinking the tea. The tea and the broth. You know, you don't even need the full soup, just the broth to sip on. It's invigorating. Yeah, I, uh, I'll i be all right. We'll be okay. Now, that said, let me get out in front of this just so you know. And this was already scheduled. <laughs> I will not be on the air Monday, okay, guys? I'm not here on Monday. Um <laughs> but but good to go the rest of the week. After that, just Monday, I'm missing Monday. Uh, I will not be in town. So that's it. 
<laughs> that is a good one, old dad, and it's true. Jeff sounds like he time traveled to the forties and went to a ball game at the polo grounds. That's fair. Everybody was smoking them if they had them, and they all had them. They all had them in the forties. It was a prerequisite. You couldn't you couldn't sit down to eat breakfast without lighting up a cigarette. The whole table. You watch old movies. It's crazy. They all sit down. Now everybody in modern times checks their phone. Back then, everybody sat down and lit up a cigarette. Even before they knew, although there was probably some suspicion just by the way it felt, even before they knew that it was horrible for you, they did it. You know, they were like, oh, well, you know, let's do this. And I always crack up thinking, like, somebody around that table must have thought, do we, do we really got to do this? I'm about to have some eggs. What are we going to smoke? Have smoke while we eat some eggs? Can't we wait till we all get up from the table? What's the deal? But it was just an automatic reaction. It's what it was. It's what you did. One of my goals as a child and into high school was because my parents both enjoyed cigarettes for decades of their life and they have quit, but was to get my hands on the newspaper before dad sullied it with the secondhand smoke. Ah, uh, the paper, the paper. Yeah, especially Sundays because you would have the college football section and the regular sports section, but college football would have a breakout of all the scores across the entire country. That was always a hot-button day where it's like, all right, which one is dad allowed to have first and ruined? And usually it was the regular sports section, and I would grab the college football insert. Yeah. You know, I miss uh, the meaningful inserts of the Sunday papers or, like, the weekend. Even a sorry paper like USA Today, which is really just surface-level nonsense. The Friday was always a good one. If you got that going into the weekend, because you got three days worth of stuff, but also the projected rotations and all that. like. Something is gained and something is lost always, as we know, and technology comes around, and I've talked about this before, but when technology comes around and bumps something out the way, it's no longer relevant, it's not pertinent, it's not something you need, something does get lost in the process, and I like sort of the process of having to be purposeful. I talk about this with music all the time. Is it cool that we have access to an artist's entire canon of work at the push of a button? Yes, it is really cool. And I can look up any album Miles Davis ever made and discover it on, you know, just do, 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 like that. I don't have to go to a record store to find it and all that other stuff. But I miss how purposeful it was to sit down and listen to an album because you couldn't just hit forward. You had to sit and listen. You know, you put it on the record player. You sat on your bed, wherever your record player was, maybe in the den, and you listen to the record. Well, so something is gained, something is lost. I really feel that way in sports. It's the box score. It's the it's the sitting down with the paper at the morning breakfast table with a cup of coffee and orange juice or whatever it was that you had, and you would go through and scour it. Man, I've talked about this a lot, but I do miss that. I don't really even do them anymore. Box scores are all on the internet. I know I can still find it. If I want the information, it's not just about the information. If I want the information, I can find out who went 2-4 last night. I can find out who went... You know, five and two thirds. I can see who did what, but it was the going by one by one. Just the, all right, let's see. That's the Angels and the A's. Look at that. Rod Carew with another three hits. That SOB. And then you'd go through and go through and go through. The thing is, there was a collective, you would gain a lot if you did that for a month. So everything, yeah. you know, so the next thing you knew, you accidentally knew more about every team in the league that's because correct. of the purposefulness of going through the box score. Yeah, I feel like that's an opportunity lost. Uh, I, I don't believe 
MLB has this on their website. They've got a scores page where you can scroll through. But if there was just one master box score page every day, so it has all the games like you're talking about, mm-hmm. is it printed and tangible? No, but they're all there so you can consume. They probably don't want to do that because then, you know, you wouldn't be able, you wouldn't click on five different things or six different things instead of just the one. But I remember one of my favorite things was if a guy had a slow April and there was, you know, guys notorious in baseball and each one of our teams that were slow coming out of the spring. But then when the wall, you know, when the weather warms, Warmed or whatever up, yeah, it yeah, is, yeah. you know, then they get hot. But they're on a hitting streak and then a big one and they're producing. And you check every day and you see that average, which they were slumping. It's 232. Now it's 241. Week later, it's 250. Oh, you see it. Yeah. 260. He's on the rise. All right. Here yeah. we go. You get fired up every day to watch those numbers move. It's also why I think, at least in terms of baseball, but maybe this is applicable if you did the same thing in football. We did it less because football was a once-a-week thing as opposed to baseball, which is a daily thing. But if you, it's why you remember stats so significantly in your youth. Pre-internet, I can remember everything. I remember starting lineups. I remember scores. I remember pivotal games. Post-internet, I don't as much. It's all in passing, and I've never had to be purposeful. It's that Monday show. I need to know. Well, I'll pull that up. I'll pull that up as we go live. I'll put it here on the monitor. I'll be able to talk with you, glance at a number if I need it. If there's something that I want to interject into that, you know, I'll outline thoughts and talking points. That's not changed. But the memorization, because there is no crutch. You couldn't fall back on something being there. You had to know it. You know, that's it. You just had to know it. Well, that's kind of gone. And that's part of a larger discussion about not having to know anything anymore. Um, you just look it up on the spot, which is problematic in a lot of ways, but also really, really good in a lot of ways. Because if I need to know something in another part of the world, as invented and written in a different language, I can get it translated in a second and read the entire document. Holy moly technology. On the other other side, nobody knows anything. Nobody, nobody knows anything. They don't have to. Sucks. Uh, all right. R. Wilmer, nobody's filling in for me on Monday. We will likely have a best of for you to answer your question. Uh, so, did you see this? I'll get to Florida State. There's not a lot going on with Florida State right now. Did, did you catch that, Director? Yeah. He's got days on end to put it together. <laughs> no, Jeez. Right. No, he does. <laughs> I saw a question about putting it on the YouTube channel. That would confuse too many people. Podcast feed, best of. It'll be there. Yeah. And it'll be on the air. It'll be on the air, it'll too. Be on you the can air. hear it on the Tallahassee, air. Tallahassee, you're won't covered. Be on, it just won't be on the YouTube feed. You could put a ghost of me just going, while the audio runs. That'd be pretty cool. You could even just take that video and run it on a loop, me going like this, while the audio plays. You know, we need technology to come just a little bit farther that holograms are purchasable over the counter, like the technology to produce those, so that we could put you physically in the studio, <laughs> three-dimensionally, We're just getting, like they did with Michael a, Jackson that one time. It freaked everybody out. Yeah, that's true. I forgot about that. We're getting to the point. Not too far off. 3D printers and such. Yeah. Just, just do it. Yeah. You can you can make a weapon from a 3D printer. We're pretty close to having a, a permanent fill-in for me that's not me, that looks exactly like me and talks exactly like me and does the mannerisms and everything else. <laughs> While I was away, we, we lost a baseball game to Florida, didn't we? Yeah. But we won a, base, a softball game against Florida and finished the season sweep. That is correct. 
Eight to seven. That's Eight a little too close for comfort. Seven. Yeah. The hell's Florida doing scoring seven runs against us? Get the hell up out of here with that nonsense, Florida. Playing with desperation. Meanwhile, we fortify our case to have the national seed host a couple of weekends, provided that we don't slip up in the regional like last year. All right. Yeah, that was a stunning turn of events. Let's, let's not that? do that back to back years. That was yeah, that one hurt. That one hurt. Uh while I was away, we did post. If you go to warchant.com, you can find it. It's on the front page there. Uh an interview that I did with Ingram Smith, CEO of Battles In. I thought it was a good conversation. We haven't had a chance to react to it necessarily, but uh we addressed the what they've learned at the Battles End and looking at Florida State's situation. And uh, you know, at, at this point again, I feel very good about where Florida State's headed with this and what they're going to try to put an emphasis on in the portal. We all know uh, that they are focused in on definitely getting the safety. Let's just put it that way. They are locked in on trying to get Jalen Key, it looks like, and uh, that'd be a good get. It's the uh, top safety in the uh, top safety transfer available. Uh, and, you know, I, you got a very experienced player and somebody that I, I think Florida State has a distinct advantage uh, in this battle to, to bring in. Yeah, I think experience, just personally speaking, this is where we all get to fill out our own grocery list of things that we want. used to be a lot longer of a grocery list because this roster needed many things. I would rather have experience over potential at this point. Yeah, because you don't have time. I think you've, exactly, and you've got a couple of players here. Oh, Keon Coleman. Well, y- yes. The, oh, the, well, I, the I'm talking about I'm talking visitors. About, yeah, okay. Uh, the safety position mm-hmm. that might well start anyway. I just, you want to have more experience in case, worst case, this kid comes in and, and he's your first guy off the bench. Okay, great. I'd rather have that player know the position, know the stakes, understand the speed of college football. Yes, it's UAB. It's not Power 5, but still, I'd play, rather have they play good enough competition. games. Yes, yeah. they do. Yes, yeah. they do. I'd rather have that experience than a player who is athletic as all get out, but we need to teach them the position. Let, no, we've got those on campus already. We're starting to recruit at a higher level. So let's bring in somebody with experience. Hopefully they can close the deal. Two for two here in terms of excitement, enthusiasm, and want for me. Uh, Key and Keon Coleman, aforementioned. Impressive. Would be very, very big. And I think it's necessary. You know, we've kind of not so quietly begun to ring the alarm bell, for lack of a better term, about the need for another fully developed, very experienced, game experienced, power five, successful wide receiver. Because right now, you do have a guy that you love, you feel very good about. But then from there, you have a lot of hope. You have a lot of hope that steps are taken, that the gradual maturation process of which we just referred to sometimes very rewarding to watch a kid build up and become fully realized in the offense and all those things. Other times, you need a plug-and-play dude. You need a guy? Let's go. I, 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 I want to be sure. I think Kentron Portier is going to have a very good season. I think so. I think so. Let's, you know, it seems right. We think Winston Wright might be ready to fully give it a go come the fall and, and get after it. But, man, it's been a minute since he contributed in a big-time college football game. And from the time that he last did to win the first time he will for Florida State, it will have been a long time. And in between, there would have been surgeries and injuries and things that you worry about. Now, we'll see. Maybe it's all going to go well, and he'll be able to fulfill that role and be the number two. But you bring in a Keon Coleman, who had 58 catches for 798 yards. So 800-yard receiver last year in the Big Ten, along with seven touchdowns. Uh... That is a known commodity. 
from a Power 5, good conference that has lit it up, and he had a sorry quarterback to deal with at Michigan State. So he had, he had a sorry quarterback, and he produced. You bring that guy in, and all of a sudden, I think all of us are like, okay. And it also enables everybody else to kind of not have to be that thing. Like, they don't have to be the two. They can be the three, and you can be the four. And you can come back down, you know, three or four. That's not asking a lot. Yeah, I agree. I think that Kentron has it, and he's got what it takes to be the two. But I wouldn't turn this down. Mm-mm. You know, these could be, they could be both true. I think they'd be fine with Kentron. I think they'd be better with Keon. And well, they'd be deeper for sure. And watching what Keon can do, just some of the clips, there's a couple of videos out there on, on YouTube that have a minute or two of his highlights from last year. He catches through contact extremely well. This is a player who is not afraid of being physical in any facet of what it means to be a receiver. That means if there's a jam at the line of scrimmage, he doesn't mind mixing it up to free himself. If he needs to block, he can do that. I don't know that he's as good as Micah Pittman was if you're talking about the net gain or loss. That remains to be seen. Mm -hmm. But one thing that you can tell is he is very comfortable in tight spaces when it comes to creating room for his body and a path for his arms and his hands to go get the ball. He'll also fight through contact to make a catch. These are hallmarks of what it's going to take to beat LSU in week one, to beat Clemson on the road in week four. You know, again, if this was a player who was lauded because of his potential and he had a really good 40 time, but he wasn't refined, see a player like Deuce Span. I don't know that I'm fired up about this, but you watch what Keon Coleman was able to do in the Big Ten from a physicality standpoint, that's what you're going to need. That's a separator. When you play these better teams and you have visions of the playoff or an ACC championship, you got to have guys that can fight through it a little bit. And this is a player who can do that. Would well, be an absolute upgrade. Yeah, he's a four-star wide receiver at six foot four, two hundred and twenty pounds. I mean, let's just say it for what it is. This is a difference maker. Um, well, you know, ESPN had him as a four-star guy. On three has him four-star guy. Two four seven had him a four-star guy with a ninety rating. He was a three-star guy according to Rivals. Bottom line is he produced in the Big Ten, which is a major Power Five conference. Is six foot four, two hundred and twenty pounds with good hands. This is a no-brainer. If you can get him, get him. You're much better with him immediately. You're also huge. I mean, you become such a – they're already going to be a problem with height and length. You got Jaheim Bell, Johnny Wilson, Keon Coleman, and Portier, let's say, on the field at the same time, or even if you go double tights. I mean, God, dog, you are gigantic at that point. You look the part. You are the part yes. of what it takes. You're, you're constantly – you are the one in the in war chant – multimedia network who will always go because the standard at Florida State is very high and look at the rosters between a Georgia and Alabama and Ohio State and us yeah and where are we yeah at receiver we would check out we would check all those boxes no doubt well it's it's a question mark I mean when you talk about aspirations and we've talked a lot about what is a realistic aspiration for Florida State basketball I mean uh, <laughs> basketball win 10 games <laughs> football we're trying to go to the college football playoff we're trying to win the ACC. Got to go on the road and beat Clemson. Got to beat LSU the first game of the year. May have a rematch with aforementioned Clemson. So you got some big games, and you got to have guys that enable you, A, to win those games, but also if you get into the college football playoff, not be completely overmatched. The standard to, we, to, to, to which we are holding Florida State football now is dr- radically different. You really go back two years, you could not – have this conversation with a straight face. Just couldn't have it. It happens fast. These things happen fast. You see already these preseason rankings. It's crazy. 
I mean, we're as high as three in some places. Three in some places. You know, I was on with Chuck Oliver uh, a week or so ago. Um, if you don't know Chuck, he does a show out of Georgia, out of Atlanta, right? Um, and it's, you know, regionally syndicated. Syndicated, yeah. yeah. And I like Chuck. Get along with him really well. And producer Dan, in fact, Ingram used to be a producer back then, back in the day. But um, so long story short, I, you know, we were having this conversation. And he says to me, he goes, I, I think Florida State could compete for a national title. It's like, you're getting that from people outside of this market. You're getting that from outside of the four state fan base. You're getting that with with national pundits and regional pundits. That's it's interesting the expectations, how quickly they can shift. One good season. One good season. That's all it's been. Well, and I think also the TV networks, specifically ESPN, will lean into that narrative yeah, as they much want as it. possible yeah, because good. of the LSU kickoff. Game. Yeah. You know, if we started with Duquesne and then we had Boston College followed by Duke, followed by Clemson in week four. I don't know that we would be pushed as hard in the summer as we're about to be pushed because they want that game to set records on a Sunday night. And that's what we do at Florida State. I'm glad the administration has been so aggressive at messaging about how many eyeballs are on sets when we play football. Oh, the nation can't wait to watch them some Florida State football. And this year they'll be watching it with the the much better uniforms. Looking out there, going, man, I always liked these guys. But look, they're back to the they're back to the greatness. It's a good reminder. You know, it, there's a lot of news that's been flying around since the spring game, but they did do that at halftime, quote-unquote, of the spring showcase. Mm-hmm. Yeah, looking forward to seeing what those uniforms look like on a Sunday night in O-Town. Man, just an infusion of awesomeness. What a story going on in Alabama where they just fired their baseball coach. This has everything I like in a story. You know, you guys know I'm a degenerate gambler. I love to gamble. And I've long been a proponent of legalized gambling. And it's partly because I selfishly want to be able to gamble legally and not have to worry about it and all that other stuff. But secondly, it's for things like this. It's for having a regulatory body. Because what people don't realize is the more we legalize gambling, the safer it is. The safer it is. Always, you don't want things in the black market. Legalize it. I'll tell you exactly why in a moment with that Alabama story. It's incredible. Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chat TV. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time time or your money back guaranteed because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to make your car the mvp and bring home huge wins keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply welcome back to the jeff cameron show sponsored by legendary home loans a mortgage experience designed around speed simplicity and customer service before you buy your next home, contact our friend Shannon Young with Legendary Home Loans. Visit FSUHomeLoans.com. FSUHomeLoans.com. Jeff Cameron Show on Alivations Friday. Good to have you on board. Thanks for being here. I'm Jeff. That is Tom, Director Matthew. 
is here as uh, well. Now, I'm probably going to have to, I, I, I want to, this is one of those times where I'm utilizing the medium for a selfish reason. Uh, but Tom knows this, so I got I got this. I saw. I love. What being, do you want the people to buy for no, you? No, no, nobody has to buy me anything. Just a little advice here, a little advice. So I knew this was coming. I've had it happen off and on. I'm gonna get to this Alabama story in a second. But you know, Tom, over the years, you know, we we we've gotten to know each other very, very, very well, and you know, I've got a bit of a weird kind of a trick knee. And it's the same knee that I had arthroscopic surgery on at Etsu, and then I had it again later on. And so, I don't know, it's a problematic knee, but it's never like reconstructive surgery or anything like that. It's just been kind of constant repair. And so, I want to go back about four years ago, I think it was, I was up on my roof. People forever falling off the roof, and I know you can't fall off the roof. It's instant death or long-term pain. So, I'm like, don't fall off the roof. I'm blowing out the gutters with the leaf blower because you got to do it. And so I got up there and I'm blowing off the gutters and my wife is scared to death. She's like, don't get on the roof. I'm like, ah, I'm a man, I'll get on the roof. We'll all get over. So I get on the roof and I'm up there and I'm blowing out the leaves and all that. And I'm squatting and I've got like ass to heels, right? I'm squatting way down. Now my roof is slanted like most roofs are. And so I'm leaning back into it. You know, I'm the can't lean forward, leaning back into my heels, blowing the leaves, blowing the leaves, blowing the leaves. Oh, we're almost done. All of a sudden, out of nowhere, right knee, loud pop goes right. The knee just goes right. I knew you can't jump up and you can't lean forward. Luckily, slowed down enough in my head to just lean back nearly in tears and kind of take inventory of the situation (laughs) that just happened. That loud popping sound and the pain that I'm currently feeling. And I leaned against my roof and I laid there and slowly straightened my leg out, tried to, and then I just smacked the side of it with the palm of my hand and it went back in. And so it hurt like hell and it's whatever, but it was back in. And I thought, well, that's, that shouldn't happen. Knee just popped out. Probably a, an issue, not normal, but you know, okay. Are we okay to get up? We were long story short, got off the roof. I was fine. Sore as hell for about a week. Really kind of, you know, just walked on it gingerly off and on in weird situations. Like if I'm working out or if I'm stretching, occasionally like it'll threaten like it wants to do it again. So you and I were playing golf and I'm before we go out, I'm kind of just trying to loosen up a little bit. And I bend down just to stretch out my groin, to be honest with you. You know how you sit your knees apart and you kind of just squat a little bit? Gotta do it. And so I do that. Next thing I know, damn it, man, my knee did the poppy thing while we're on the range. I don't want anybody to know. So I kind of <laughs> just really discreetly stand up, straighten out my knee, and slap it again. So today it hurts like hell. I'm going to be all right. But is that like, do, I don't need a knee replacement, we don't think, do I? You think I need a knee replacement? Well, it's a patellar issue. It's not necessarily. Yeah. yeah. I think I could just, do I just have to wear a brace? Does anybody out there know the deal with the knee? Well, the question is, is it all, or do you have any cartilage in there? I don't know. It kind of feels like bone on bone, so maybe not. It would be excruciating every waking moment, I think, that you move if it was if the cartilage was all gone. If it was completely gone. I'm not a doctor, but I do know there's no such thing as the knee bone. There's it sounds yeah, like no, you got a patellar issue. So I don't yeah. know what, what the recourse yeah. would be, the, the fix would be. No, it hurts like hell. It's a problematic deal. And I'm just thinking to myself, are you kidding me, man? I don't need this. 
And I know there's a ton of smart people out there, either doctors and or people who've, uh, you know, or people who, you know, have at least had something similar to this. It is, ah, it's just brutal. No fluid buildup. No fluid buildup. Just, it just feels like it's bony and kind of, ooh. <laughs> I know, guys. You're just going to say, go to the damn doctor. I'm going to go to the damn doctor. TOC or somebody, I'll go over there and be like, hey, man, just tell me I have to wear a brace. I can live with it. A I'm, copper fit. <laughs> Got to get you a copper fit. I could be Brett Favre. I don't know. I don't want to be Brett Favre. Who are you going to grift money from? Yeah. Who are you going to steal from? Who are you going to lie to? All right, I mentioned it before the break. Yeah, rub some Vicks on it. <laughs> get, you, get you some of that tussing on there. <laughs> I love when these stories arise. If you haven't seen it, it's a, a story that is right up our alley as to why it is that you, you know, you, you definitely want, if, moving forward, you want gambling if it's going to become legal in each state and it, it does all the time. You know, you're, you're finding more and more states. Remember, there was two, then there were five, then there were seven, then there were 13 states. All the damn battles this state's fighting. You can't fight to get the sports gambling going? Well, they had it going Christmas. for a half a second, but uh, screwed it up. Can Disney come out with a statement saying we hate sports gambling? Because <laughs> I think magically somehow the next day we'd have sports gambling. Oh, my goodness. It is very frustrating. Uh, I, I agree. But here's the cool thing, man. Um, they've... Got a case in Alabama, as it makes my point. There was a strange bet that was made on a college baseball game between Alabama and LSU. This took place, uh, basically the sports book was the Bet MGM sports book at Great American Ballpark in Cincinnati. Now, these sports books, or Vegas, or any place you go in which you make a bet, uh, they're monitored. These things get caught if there's something fishy. Red flags are raised if it's a strange bet. And the reason for that is there's oversight on legalized gambling. There's oversight. Um, these are regulated markets. Uh, sports wagering activity, if really way out there, is questioned by industry regulators. Okay, that's how this works. So there's a... If you go to Vegas, for example, there's a risk management team. I mean, they don't just, there's this misnomer that you can walk in and place a million dollar bet on anything you want. Well, there are limits, first of all, on a lot of these things. They, they won't take a bet of a certain size. Secondly, if you try and you're Joe Blow off the streets and you walk in with a bag of money and you're trying to bet $100,000 on a random Tuesday college baseball game, they're going to go, oh, really? Boy. Just got a feeling, do you, on a college baseball game? First, they'll tell you we're not taking a $100,000 bet. That's well beyond the limit for a college baseball game. Just for the record, so people know, because a lot of people that aren't into gambling wouldn't know this, and even people who are into gambling might not know this. College baseball is not really bet on. People do not, like, if you're just looking at all the sports that are gambled on in all the markets where it's legal or just Las Vegas, MGM, wherever you look, right, people aren't betting college baseball. And for good reason. You talk about volatility. College baseball is a mess. 
if you watch college baseball, it it's not it's hard to bet major league baseball if you're not betting first five with starting pitchers. Bullpens are all over the map and all that, but college baseball, you gotta factor in their kids and also they don't pick up the baseball. Even the good teams don't really pick up the baseball. So it's hard. You know, you get all you get all this umpiring's terrible in college baseball. Most shrewd bettors are like, Yeah, I'm not gonna, you know, make my chunk of change in I'm college gonna go play, baseball. I'm going to go play Keno instead. I've got better odds. Yeah. So this story regarding the sports book in Cincinnati that kind of figured this out, there was a fishy bet, and it was about two hours before the Alabama-LSU game. The starting pitcher for Alabama, his Luke Holman, was slated to start the contest. He's, the, he's, their, he's their guy. He's their ace, right? He was scratched, something about back stiffness or something, okay? And then they tabbed a reliever, Hagen Banks. Hagen was told about an hour before the game that he was going to be the starting pitcher for that contest against LSU. Um, He's a sophomore, and he hasn't started a game since early March. So, okay. It's a tough spot. (laughs) Go get him, kid. Against LSU. Against LSU. So, the starter, the ace, back stiffness, who are we going to go with? Kid who hasn't pitched through Mar- since March. All right. In and of itself, may not be a sign, may not be a sign of something fishy going on, but it's certainly enough that people who pay attention to this sort of thing go, oh, okay. Now, you come in and you try to make your bet. We don't know for sure, but apparently the bettor and this is unsubstantiated. I read the, the Purdom story, but he tried to place a much bigger bet, but the book countered with a little bit of, uh, my man, you want to put $100,000 down on a college baseball game two hours before it starts, right as they change pitchers? Yeah, we're not going to allow for a $100,000 bet. Try again. So he bet. Low five figures. If you're wondering what that is, low five figures is 10,000 to 25,000 in betting parlance. That's what that is. So 10, 000, anywhere from ten dollars to $25,000 is low five figures. That, they let him place that bet. And then he doubled down. They changed the odds because that bet changed the line. And then he doubled down. And he did it again. When he did it again, those that are regulating and looking for fishy activity went, okay. Shut it down. No more bets on this game. Let's take a look at this. We got to look into this. That's exactly the way it's designed, Tom. This is so perfect. This is why you, they don't want this to be the wild, wild west. They need it to be on the up and up. That's why in in sports, the number one rule, you can almost be anything and still play professional sports. You can be a horrible guy. We've seen it a million times over. You can be a three-time convicted felon and start on Saturday. It could be any number of things, but you better not be a gambler. You better not be a better. You better not be gambling illegally on the sport you're playing or anything. When you're involved in that capacity, it gets flagged right away, and you're done because you can't have the integrity of the games called into question ever, and it's like wrestling. You can't have it, all right? So the sports book thought something was fishy, and they went and began to look into it. A regular season, again, college baseball game, you never see this kind of money. They began to uh, look at the surveillance tape 
of the guy that was staying on the property and phone calls that he was making. So this is kind of interesting because they really watch this. They asked the question, who's the better? Have we ever done anything with him in the past? And who's he talking to? Surveillance video. This is pretty awesome. From the BetMGM Sportsbook, found out that he was talking to Bohannon, who is the head baseball coach at Alabama. How did they know specifically would be my follow-up question to the casino without violating the person's privacy and rights? How did they know it was Bohannon? Well, I don't know the answer to that did question. Did he use a payphone? Is he that dumb? Did he use a payphone from the lobby? They know that he was talking to Bohannon. The investigation revealed that he was talking to Bohannon. How? I don't know. He can trace the numbers. Maybe there is a rule that when you come into the casino, this is something that is perfectly legit. They can track your personal call history? I would think that they could track if you're making a call from that sports book. If you join their Wi-Fi network? What, yeah. that, you know. I would think that they, they could monitor cell tower activity if you're in their facility. In fact, stories of old um, regarding nefarious activity at, at, a, at a sports book, there have been moments where guys made bets. I was thinking this is the Toledo deal, where when they caught that point-shaving scandal where somebody was making calls right before placing bets, and they were like, who are you calling? What, what, what are we doing here? So maybe there is. I don't know what the rules are within casinos and sports books about what they can access, but they somehow did track the fact that he was talking to Bohannon, the baseball coach at Alabama, and at that point, they shut it all down. The books, the bet was off the books, the whole thing. That guy's been fired. Alabama fired him very quickly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what is called U.S. Integrity got involved with those red flags. That's what a the, great name yeah. for a company. You like that? And, yeah, man, that is the end of that guy's career. We'll see where this goes, but they caught it, and they caught it like that. That's rather remarkable. And also proof of what we've talked about in the past. You want these things regulated. So forgive me. Uh, I'm not doing a Rick Patino here. Cannot be clear enough. I'm not pulling a Rick, Rick Patino to compare two things. Mm -hmm. But it's just interesting to me when, when you see the machine at work, you understand the scope of it and the investment. Oh, in yeah. Yeah. Your brother was an air traffic controller mm -hmm. on 9-11. Yes, he was. I believe it is a public record that he can speak that you're relieved in that particular circumstance when there is a national emergency that help is on the way and the machine is activated. Very quickly. Very quickly in a lot of different ways. Mm -hmm. An air traffic controller on 9-11, especially from Logan, where a couple of those flights originated, I mm -hmm. do believe. Mm -hmm. That's, yeah, there are going to be a lot of people that want to make sure that they have an understanding of the situation. And you see the scope of how things can get from zero to 60. In this case, reading this article, because I read it this morning. Yeah, well, David Purdom's article on ESPN.com for those who do want to read the article. You, I mean, the amount of people that go into ensuring that this industry stays afloat and its reputation is untarnished. Think about the money that's on the line. Well, it's billions and billions and billions of dollars. Yeah. And you cannot have, all it takes is one scandal that satiates, it's that you need a Tim Donahue level yeah. scandal. Mm -hmm. And how much money goes away because that nobody believes it's a fair enterprise. So they hire to that end wings of companies. And, and there are private businesses like U.S. Integrity mm -hmm. 
Their sole purpose is to make sure that stuff like this does not happen. That all the bets are on the up and up. up, That the games are on the up and up. But the scope of it is mind-blowing. You think about all of the computers and people that are just here for this Monitoring the dude's phone call. Yeah, yeah. So the, quote, alleged suspicious activity took place on a Friday at the sportsbook, as I said. The OCCC's investigation, that's the Ohio Casino Control Commission, investigated this. I mean, that's, that's a scary name. Just <laughs> anyhow. They, they, they centered in on two bets. There were two bets that they looked at and said, hmm, don't like it. Something's fishy here. Let's take a look at what's going on. And then I told you the nature of what it was that raised the red flag. The size of the bet the guy wanted to make, who he was, who he was talking to, and the game that it involved with the starting pitcher being pulled. Scratched two hours before the game, a guy that hasn't pitched since March 16th is asked to start, and they go, I don't like it. I think the best kicker here is LSU almost lost the ball game. Well, Alabama they, blew, they had a big lead, and they almost blew it. It was 8-1? to one, Yeah. And it got to 8-6? to six? Got to 8-6. to six. Bo Hannon is sweating bullets over there. <laughs> He's like, guys. He's calling on a bat boy to come pinch hit. Bo Hannon's like, guys, I think we should look at these. Nobody swing at this at bat. Coach, first and second, nobody out. I, th- I sense he's about to get wild. Let it ride. His fourth pitcher of the game is kicking ass. Calls the umpire over. He's pouring substance on his hands. I've been trying to teach him. <laughs> Go ahead, take a look. Well, four different books ended up shutting down, by the way. Ohio, Indiana, New Jersey, and Pennsylvania. We're all like, okay. Walking away from here. It's a it's a crazy story. And that guy's done. I mean, it... it he, he's been the Crimson Tide coach since 2017, had 166 wins, 124 losses. Um, he's had a bunch of players go in the, in, in the draft. Uh, they were 30 and 15 this year. Uh, it, it, it's, it's a bizarre story. Dude was making, we looked, I looked this up, he was making over $400,000 a year. He wanted to make $500,000 <laughs> this year. I mean, my man. It's, um, it's a questionable decision, sir. But it's amazing this thing moves fast because it's not about the money. It's about the reputation, and the reputation is the money. You know, it's not about $100,000. Yeah, that that hurts, I guess, a little bit, but that might be like pulling a hair off the top of your scalp or something. It's not It's not what the casino's worried about. They're worried about the headlines that come with it and then the lost revenue from there. These headlines, you know, a lot of times you'll get the NCAA grandstanding after something like this they 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 don't read the room really well they and so they'll they'll see this is why no no it's not no this is the reason why you want these regulatory bodies in place otherwise it goes underground and you never find out about this that game gets played monies are passed around and that's the end of it you never know now you, you you have the occc you have uh the uh u.s integrity u.s that's right You have the U.S. Integrity coming in, uh, who works with the OCCC, who contacted the SEC, and then the Pennsylvania, Indiana, Ohio, and other commissions to let them know, like, hey, man, nobody can get down on this game. Somehow the ATF got involved. (laughs) Three people were on the carpet because they were shocked. No uh, indicators, no evidence whatsoever that any player knew of anything in this situation, and I would guess that's how it goes. Well, dude will be looking at jail time, but in addition to that, 
a $400,000 a year job has uh, been thrown away now on legal fees and some maybe time. What, what a story, though. Like, you know, what a job to have if you run a, a sports book or a casino. Like, on the one hand, by the slot machines, you deal with the lady who had too much <laughs> and, fell into and, you. and falls all over another customer and smashes into his chair and then falls on the ground. Requires medical attention. On the other hand, you've got an NCAA Division One baseball coach trying to get over on you for 100K. I mean, there's no well, we boring day running a casino or a sports book. Yeah. We don't know what he was, uh, how much money he was going to get. or what. We don't even know the exact number that the guy originally wanted to bet. Oh, okay. Well, so I'm assuming we, it's six figures if they turned it down. It turned it down. It was six figures, and they said no. And then he was it was considered low five figures, so ten to twenty five, and he doubled down on it. But and then when he doubled down on it after they changed the number, they're like, okay. And fu- that's funny. There's been the Arizona scandal, the Toledo scandal. There's been a few in my lifetime, and every time that whatever moron they have going in to make the bet is exactly that. You would have somebody a little bit more shrewd who understands how the book works and how gaming works and who's looking over very closely at these bets. Like, the one guy brought in a duffel bag of money, quite literally, like a cartoon. A duffel bag full of money, not in this case, but in a previous case, and then wanted to bet an exorbitant sum sum on a a singular basketball, regular season basketball game. And they're like, well, all right, well, you know, uh, there's a limit. We're looking at it. We're gonna. We're not gonna take this bet. We're not gonna take this bet. We don't want to take this bet. Guy insists, arguing with him. They change the number on him to run totally against him. It's insane. It's like he goes from getting one to having to give ten, and he's like, "I, I don't care. I, I want to place the bet." They're like, "Sir, you can go across the street." and get better odds right now than we're giving you by a long shot. Just walk across the street. We're not taking your bet. Nope, nope, we're good. I just want to push the bet. Okay, man. <laughs> oh, my goodness gracious. Yeah, you're right. Now the next thing they're going to have to do is look into Bohannon and see how many times has he done it because rightfully everybody is asking the question. Can't be the first time. If I'm that spot starter, I'm like, wow, you really think I suck that much, huh? I haven't pitched you since March, son. I think I'm worth a couple hundred grand. <laughs> Pretty sure you're not going to go out and get the dub. <laughs> we, not against LSU. It's Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. The Jeff Cameron Show, brought to you by Orange Theory Fitness. Two Tallahassee locations, Midtown on Thomasville Road, and Northside in the Village Common Shopping Center. Online at orangetheoryfitness.com. I just was prattling on and on and on. Didn't even realize we hadn't taken that second second break. So this will be a short segment here, but we got another hour to go, which is a good thing. And I'm going to use, I'm telling you this right now, I'm going to use this little short segment to celebrate something. I'm going to celebrate the fact that uh, here we sit on Cinco de Mayo. All right. Used to really love Cinco de Mayo in terms of going out with friends back in college and all the good times. But. This Cinco de Mayo, can't we all just celebrate together the fact that the New York Yankees and the St. Louis Cardinals are in dead-ass last? What a great day in baseball. Happy Cinco de Mayo to all of you. Let's celebrate 
Let's celebrate together out on the deck. Isn't uh, last place Cinco? Hmm. Well done. Cinco to standings. Cinco to sucky. The New York Yankees and the St. Louis Cardinals. Dead ass last. Glorious. And it doesn't look good for the Yanks in general. Aaron Judge is hurt. Stanton's always hurt. But Judge being out, that's just a sorry lineup. Hour number two, forthcoming. Stay with.